Welcome to the Old Time Radio Hour. I'm your host, Justine Ward, and each week we bring you a classic show from radio's golden age. I hope you are enjoying the holiday season. This week we have two innovative authors who created amazing radio. First, we have Norman Corwin's Plot to Overthrow Christmas. The recording that we selected is from 1945, but it was recreated many times over the years after the first broadcast in 1938. Use your imagination to visualize the evil characters who challenge Christmas. This is Columbia Workshop, The Plot to Overthrow Christmas. This production was broadcast December 25, 1945 on CBS. Seven years ago this Christmas, a young radio writer-director named Norman Corwin produced his first half-hour broadcast for CBS. A fantasy entitled... The Plot to Overthrow Christmas. In the years since then, Columbia has brought you many other varied works of Corman, works which have elevated their creator to the unique position he enjoys in American radio. This holiday season, Norman Corwin comes back to the same studio to direct substantially the same cast with which he first presented his now traditional fantasy, The Plot to Overthrow Christmas. As in the original production, House Jameson plays Santa, Eric Burroughs is Nero, and Will Gear performs the role of Mephisto. Henry Morgan, better known as Here's Morgan, is a newcomer to the plot, playing a number of roles, including that of your narrator. Did you hear about the plot to overthrow Christmas? Well, gather ye now from Maine to the Isthmus of Panama, and listen to the story of the utter inglory of some gory goings-on in hell. Now, it happened in Hades, ladies and gentlemen... It happened down there that the fiends held a meeting. The fiends held a meeting for the purpose of defeating Christmas. With the aid of a fade, a fade on the radio, we'll take you there with a high and a haty ho to hear firsthand the brewing of the plot down in the deepest Stygian grot. Grot is a poetical term for grotto. Whenever you hear my voce sotto, or sotto voce, whichever you prefer, it's just I taking pains to make quite sure that nobody makes a poetical allusion which might in any way create confusion. I return you now to the voice you were hearing before I had to do this interfering. As I was saying, in this Stygian grot, the notables of Limbo hatched a plot, and what went on in the sulfurous hole we'll soon pick up by remote control. Of course, such a pickup's not made quickly. As a matter of fact, it's done rather trickily. You mustn't mind if it sounds erratic. That's merely intraterrestrial static. And don't be surprised if you're deafened by thunder just as we start on our journey under. You'll hear earthquakes and all of the commoner varieties of natural phenomena. And so, below, via radio, to the regions where legions of the damned...
interrupt me in the middle of a movement of my favorite concerto. You should look to the improvements of your manners. Sir, if you please, my apologies. I would not have intruded upon your recital if the matter were not so terribly vital. The most important matter in the world is piddling when it comes to be compared with Nero's fiddling. Now, what you say may be very true, but I've been sent here to summon you to a great mass meeting of the tortured souls down in the grot of the flaming coal. A meeting? What for? What's the big idea? Why can't a fellow have some peace down here? Peace, poor soul, can't be found on the premises. This is a region abounding in nemesis. Now you're talking like a travel folder. Tell me, Violet, before I smolder, why are we meeting? Who's on the spot? We're meeting in order to fabricate a plot. A plot against a festival that mortal men comfort in and gladden in again and again. You see, every year... Never mind the facts. I don't want to hear how mortal man acts. The only information about which I care... Concerns the mass meeting and who will be there. His wickedness, Mephisto, will preside. Naturally. And several of the Borgias will be sitting at his side. And down in front, by the sizzling sodium, will be many personalities noted for their odium. Haman, Caligula, Medusa, and Legree. That's all very nice, but what about me? Oh, you will be sitting in row A, center. Between Ivan the Terrible, the Tormentor, and Circe. Mercy? Why, they're both deranged. Do you wish me to see if your seat can be changed? Yes, if you will, please. Taste comes first, even though a soul may be eternally cursed. Right, all. See you at the meeting then? Yes. And now, back to my fiddling again. This is I, the sort of voce person. It should have been explained that Nero is rehearsing for nothing in particular. He's just that way. While hell's fires burn, he likes to play. It makes him feel a little more at home. It's just an avocation he picked up in Rome. The meeting will now come to order, please. I've called you here from over 60 seas, a boiling pitch and blazing phosphorus to stop what constitutes a loss for us. We've lost prestige, and I greatly deplore that we stand in danger of losing more in the way of confidence and spirit. We're far from our goal. We're nowhere near it, and this is the reason. Though we've done well in carrying forward the work of hell, we've left a very big job unfinished. After all these years, there is undiminished goodwill on earth every late December because of Christmas. Now, please remember... As long as this continues to be, the race of man will not belong to me. I will listen now to any questions you may want to ask, and then suggestions. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman. Brother Heyman has the floor. You say we've done well in our efforts to sell evil. I say we've done better. We've carried out the letter of your law. And I say, as a veteran, Damon... Sit down there, Heyman. Enough of this folly. Sit down yourself. You're off your trolley. Sit down. I'm Ivan the Terrible. You're telling us why you're unbearable. I want more decorum in this forum. These personal remarks must cease. Now, Brother Ivan, will you speak your piece? I merely want to say, in a casual way, that Heyman's a radical. Always gets fanatical. Why, you think to hear this pup that the devil should just give up? Mr. Chairman, 
Brother Ivan was a demagogue with a brain like a fly and the manners of a hog. Oh. He shall... <laughs> Come to this. Are we going to let a little holiday like Christmas get the better of us all down here below? No, 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 no! Very well, then, sirs. Very well. Let's go. Let's lay down our plans now to overthrow this Christmas business and all that guff of holly and mistletoe and stuff. <laughs> Brother Caligula may take the floor. Mr. Chairman, I abhor, as a former emperor, anything which curbs our rule. Let us give some presents, too. Candy sticks and things to chew. Fruits and nuts and little cakes. Poisonous as rattlesnakes. Bravo! Let our subtlest worker be... By chloride of mercury. Brilliant. Let us wrap in tinsel bright little gifts of dynamite. Very good. Work things so that men will fear when 1225 draws near. Good. Soon at this rate, if you please, men will hang from Christmas trees. <laughs> My dear Caligula... Permit the chair to say that we think you got something there. And now, with this fine start, let's hear some more. Oh, yes. Uh, Brother Nero, do you want the floor? With all due respect to Caligula's views, I think there's a better method we can use. I've heard just lately men are giving the razz to classical music by making it jazz. They're swinging Bach. And what is keener? They're doing the shag to Palestrina. As a connoisseur of music, of course, I love the works of Rimsky-Korsakov. But today I note with a bitter shrug, they've made Scheherazade a jitterbug. Much as we admire your clever rhyme, will you get to the point? We're wasting time. I was just about to say when interrupted that Christmas can easily be corrupted if you take and swing all the Christmas carols. Why, think of the evil! Just barrels and barrels of sacrilege... Every time you play a pious song in a profane way, why, once you entice them to swing Noel, then victory belongs to us. Well? Mr. Chairman, uh, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Legree. I'd like to say that it seems to me that y'all are barking up a coonless tree. I think Mr. Nero's made a wrong guess. Now, the way to go about it is to get in Congress. Bribe a bunch of senators to know their oats and just make a purchase of a block of votes. And then they can legislate a situation where they rules old Christmas right out of the nation. They can all get together and pass a law where there ain't gonna be no Christmas no more. I think Legree's suggestion is a beaut. It's very cute. And quite astute. Mr. Chairman! Mr. Chairman! Yes, Miss Borgia? I say that we should all give pause to think about this Santa Claus. He's the man behind the scenes. The symbol of what Christmas means. If we could rub him out, my friends. Our troubles would be at an end. Just think how it would tickle us to liquidate St. Nicholas. A girl like me could fascinate the guy and then assassinate. Do you think that you could do it, pretty one? Are you sure you wouldn't be by pity one? Sometimes you are an awful tease, my master, Mephistopheles. 
Ain't I murdered several dozen poisoned uncles, aunts, and cousins? Don't my work right here in Hades make me first among the ladies? Men of virtue all have cussed me. I'm sure that you can trust me. I'll bet we haven't a particle of doubt, Miss Borger. I'm sure we all have nothing but kind feelings towards you. But many times a woman's spy, alas, adores her victims. Dames make poor ambassadors. Do you imply that such defects are found inherent in my sex? I do. Well, listen here, old Ironsides. You're heading for some cyanides. You've crossed a border. And you know the consequences that follow. Come, come, disciples. This is very bad. There's nothing to be gained by getting mad. Suppose we put the matter to a vote. All those in favor of the motion made by Fiend Caligula will signify by rising to their feet and saying, Aye. Aye. One vote in favor. Caligula's. And those opposed? Opposed! The motion is defeated. Up we bring the plan of Brother Nero's, this is to swing the hymns and pious music. All those four will please respond by raising up a paw. Four! And those against? Against! Very well. Now, the project of Legree's. Who is there here who totally agrees? I do! Legree votes for himself. And those opposed? Opposed! Now all those who favor Borgia's cause, it being to eliminate Santa Claus. And those opposed? It seems the women have a way with them. At least they have carried the day with them. You flatter. <laughs> Emotions carried. And now we'll decide which one of us will take Nick for a ride. We'll all draw lots and thus settle the moot point of who'll be sent to execute. This is your old friend, Sotto Voce, visiting down where it's eternal noche. Noche is Spanish for night, you know. Merely a reference just to show that English isn't all I have to go by. Oh, well, I guess I've missed my calling. I should have been a lobbyist. You see, I'm stalling to give them time to finish the wedding. Let's see. The weather. Now I'm quoting the Daily Hellion. Continued heat both overhead and under feet. Free and moderate gases blowing up to gale force. And then going north by westerly, light showers of brimstone toward the evening hours. That's what it says here. I'm not fibbing. How am I doing with my ad-libbing? This is a thing Bob Trout would have fun with. Say, the drawing should soon be done with. We expect the results any moment now, as soon as... The lots have been drawn, and I'm glad to say the honor has fallen Nero's way. Nero, you are charged with a great task. It's the evilest deed that we could ask a fiend to do. We'll be proud of you. Now, just a moment. How do I get there? What do I wear? Is it dry or wet there? Is it fact or fancy or just word of mouth that he lives at the pole? Is it north or south? What shall I use when it comes to the showdown? A gun or a dagger? Now, give me the lowdown. Now, Nero, you needn't sound so tragic. You'll get to Earth by the blackest magic. To create an express elevator is simple for an expert spell creator. With a lot of pyrotechnic dazzle, we'll let you off on a hill in Basel, Switzerland. From there, you'll make your way to the Arctic Circle, then break your way through ice with a blowtorch. 
After a while, you're bound to reach Santa's domicile. And once you get there... Ah, my dear Nero, all of our work will have gone for zero if you don't succeed in your assignment. I know. If at first we don't succeed, we can try and try again. But there is no need, because nothing will come of it. Meaning no offense. Do you mind if I take my departure, hence? friends was a big brass gong. It is used in this story right along to indicate that we're about to travel to points where the plot will further unravel. And now, if Ambassador Nero elects, we'll have another spot of sound effects. Tell me, stranger, is this Basel, Switzerland, or is it already Donner und Blitzland? Donner and Blitzenlands, 5,000 miles away. Thank you, mister, and good day. Tell me, stranger, I've been walking inland for weeks. Where am I now? In Finland. Tell me, stranger, because I've lost stock. Where am I now? In Vladivostok. Listen, stranger. After all these centuries of blistering heat, now I have to suffer from freezing feet. I'm wincing with pain from this pesky toe. But no speak English. Eskimo. I declare by my frenetic soul. I must be over the magnetic pole. My watch has stopped. Can that be right? I wonder. Ah, a light, a light. In a moment now, you'll hear me knock on Santa's door. And he'll unlock it never more to lock again. <laughs> Come in. So is doom. <laughs> How do you do, sir? Very well indeed, and you, sir? Splendidly. Won't you come right in? Take your coat off. I see your chin is frozen. Also your hands and knees. Sit down while I get you some antifreeze. Don't bother, sir. I will not be long. I'm about to perpetrate a fearful wrong. In short, I am going to do away with... Take it easy. Do not play with that gun. I know all about you. Really? Haven't I had my agent scout you for weeks? You've come all this way to abolish Christmas. Now, let me say... Listen, Santa. I'm no callow stripling. I've read Ernest Hemingway and Kipling and also the shooting of Dan McGrew. And plenty of detective stories, too. And just to show you what a broad guy I am, I've also read the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam. Do you think that a fellow with his reading so graded could have learned so little as to be dissuaded from a main objective? Why, don't make me giggle. I'd feel a lot better if you wouldn't wiggle that gun so. Much as I'm impressed with your education, I honestly believe that a figure of your station should have given more thought to the ways of man and less devotion to the cult of Pan. By others, no doubt, your wisdom may be prized. But I didn't come here to be criticized. In fact, I came to dispatch a duty. So don't hand me any of this tooty-fruity. 
If you've any last words you want to say, then spill them. I haven't got all day. Now, what's the rush? Unless I've counted wrong, the polar day is always six months long. Well, after I've disposed of you, I've got to hurry right back to hell, or they'll begin to worry. Not about you, but about your career in homicide. Do you think that the mere loss of you would make them hysterical? Their only interest is numerical. Think so? Mephisto wants to rule just as much of humanity as possible for reasons of personal vanity. By the sticks! You're right! To think that he'd dare. Are there any ladies here? Will you permit me to swear? My answer to that is an emphatic no. There are several lady dolls in the toy room below. Oh, Claudius! Oh, Cassius! Oh, Nathalie! What a fool I've been! What a fool I've been! But wait. I think I see what you're after. You're as clever as a big-time Roman grafter. You remind me now of my royalty just to get me in a mood for disloyalty. Do you think I could be that meanly deceptive to Satan? Why, Santa, I'm keenly perceptive. I can see right through all your clever ruses. Nero can be plenty foxy when he chooses. I'll have you know that I'm partly a dreamer, partly a wit, and partly a schemer. I'm part philosophical and also part mystic. I suppose you fancy that you're highly artistic. Fancy? Why, I have such a sense of beauty. Don't hand me a helping of Tutti Frutti. Any creature who really had beauty in his soul would appreciate Christmas. He would know that the whole idea of the holiday is one of such power that all the fiends below might gnash their fangs and glower, yet never in a million years could do it harm. Because it has a glory, a greatness, a charm you would know nothing about. Is that so? The spirit that it venerates, the good cheer that it generates are things far, far beyond you. For all your wealth, no man on earth could sell ye these. Am I so cursed as that? Will you tell me, please, what beauties there may be that I have never seen? Have you ever seen a Christmas tree, tall and green, smelling of woodlands, covered with a sheen of silveriness, its branches bending low with the fruits of human kindness instead of snow? No! Have you ever closely witnessed what takes place any Christmas morning on a young child's face? Or perceived any beauties purer than the joys distilled in the hearts of little girls and boys? Have you ever watched a fire in a fireplace on a Christmas Eve? Or listened to Grace at a table heavy with fruits and cakes and all the wonders that a kitchen makes... Fowls and pastries, wines and meats and nuts and raisins and candied sweets. Have you ever seen mistletoe hanging from a ceiling? In frosty air heard a far bell pealing. Have you ever come back from a sleigh ride tingling and your feet keeping time with the sleigh bells jingling? Have you ever seen the beauty of a sprig of holly or felt for a moment? How it feels to be jolly. Golly. Have you ever known how exceedingly pleasant it is to unwrap a Christmas present? Did you ever know how much cheer it lends to be wished a Merry Christmas by all your friends? 
Did you ever experience the fun of giving? Do you know at all the joys of living? I guess I don't. For all of me, I never knew such things could be. Just think how long in ignorance I've slept. It must have been the company you kept. I was a wicked tyrant once, you know. Ah, yes, but that was centuries ago. You really had no way of knowing. Perhaps. I guess that I'll be going. I really should be getting on my way. But do you have to? Don't you want to stay? You see, I'm just a bit... Embarrassed? Why, yes, sir. Now, don't look so harassed. I know just why you came and who it was that sent you. But that's all done with. I take it you repent you of all your past mistakes. With many pains and aches of conscience. Then are you welcome here. Please take your hat off. Your coat. Your muffler also. Take your spat off. What happened to the other one? No matter. You're pretty thin. You'll presently be fatter. I serve good food here. I'll get you a platter of steak and mushrooms. A medium or rare? I'll bet that you're as hungry as a bear. Now, just sit down. That's it. Right over here. And tell me, will you have some wine or beer? I never touch the stuff myself, but I manage to keep on hand a little rye for purposes medicinal. I mean, your chin should be unfrozen. What a state it's in. A while ago, you asked me if I understood good cheer. I do so now, St. Nicholas. I see it standing here. I want to ask you something, sir. Now, please don't give a yelp. Is there any sort of work to do where I can be of help? Indeed, there is. Indeed, there is, and I am glad you asked me. I have so many toys to make this year, the job's got past me. But first, you sit and eat this bowl. I've got a little trifle I'd like for you to see. So will you sit right here and stifle your curiosity? I'll get it for you right away. It's down the hall, please. Well, well. Who'd ever think it? Will wonders never cease? At last... After all these centuries, I'm so happy I could buzz. It shows you what the lot a little Christmas spirit does. As emperor, I envied off the cheerfulness of peasants, and now... Well, here it is, Nero, my boy. By way of Christmas presents, I offer you this little gift. But Santa, for what reason? A very good one, sir. To wit, compliments of the season. Well, go ahead and open it. Why stand there so reflecting? I'm just collecting thoughts, St. Nick. My thoughts I'm just collecting. Just think how far a tiny bit of fellowship will carry us. Oh, well. I say, what's this? What's this? It is a Stradivarius. Why, thank you. Thanks a million times. I don't know what to say to you. I'll tell you what I'll do, St. Nick. I'll start right in and play for you. I'll play, I'll play, I'll play, I'll play. I'll play all night and day for you. Fine. Here's some music. I'm sure you'll play it well. It's a little piece entitled Noel, Noel. This is I. Remember me, your sort of voce friend? I've just come back to tell you that the story's at an end. You have been listening to The Plot to Overthrow Christmas, written, directed, and produced by Norman Cohen. House Jameson appeared as Santa Claus, Eric Burroughs as Nero, and Henry Morgan as the narrator, Legree, and Ivan the Terrible. 
Others in the cast were Anne Shepard, Kermit Murdoch, Will Gear, Robert Dryden, Norman Ober, and Edward Cullen. Paul Winters was Nero's playing arm. The script of the plot to overthrow Christmas is found in the book 13 by Corwin. You're listening to the Old Time Radio Hour broadcast each week over the World Wide Web with your host, Justine Ward. Next, we have another imaginative talent, Arch Obler, the writer and creator of this episode of Lights Out. It's a parable of the supernatural that parallels the story of Christmas with the background of soldiers in Europe after World War I. Enjoy Lights Out, Uninhabited, First broadcast, December 22, 1938, on NBC. Lights out, everybody. a tale they tell of another Christmas, a Christmas 19 years ago. The Great War was over. War-weary soldiers and officers were at last being allowed to rest, to enjoy such recreation as soldiers might find. Leave areas were established in various parts of France, and at intervals, individuals were sent from the stations of their organizations to these areas, there to rest and refresh themselves for a brief period. This story properly begins on Christmas night, 1918, 19 years ago. A leave train was just coming to a halt in the station at Via France. Monsieur, but I, uh, uh play, I, I would like to, uh, 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 see. Oh, blasted, I can't talk the ruddy language. It is not necessary to speak this blasted language, monsieur, since I speak yours, after a fashion. Oh, beg pardon, old chap. Uh, the station master told me you wouldn't mind if I stowed myself in here with you. Uh, I hope. I should be very glad indeed of your company. I am Captain Esme Rochefort de Gascois. Of the 212th Regiment Artillery, GPS. I'm uh, Lieutenant Horace Ballantyne of the Australian Light Horse, sir. Uh, you are welcome, monsieur. 
May I help you with your baggage? I'll have it stowed in half stock. Uh, thank you. Uh, there. Oh, going on leave, Captain? Oui. I am not sure where yet, but say la guerre. One never knows where he goes in this world. That's too right, Digger. That was jolly good of you to share your compartment, old chap. I am only too glad. It has been rather a lonely journey so far. I am delighted of someone to talk to. Uh, First-class compartments are not too easy to cover, either. Oh, a bit cushy, this, isn't it? Not too bad, indeed. Uh, you'll pardon me, I know, but I am a bit curious to know how an Australian officer should find his way to Via France. I don't quite know myself, Captain uh, Gascon, is it? Uh, yes. And your name is uh, Ballantyne? Right. I must remember. Well, uh, I was at uh, Gallipoli in the infantry with the Exocook. The third officer division, you know. Got a bit of a crack in the head, and the first thing I knew, I found myself transferred to Town Major, a village a few miles east of here. Nothing but Americans in it. Oh, the Americans. Uh, they are good soldiers, eh? Fair dinkum. And now you find yourself bound for leave on Christmas night. right oh, and jolly glad of it. Hmm. Where are you going, do you know? Uh, report to the RTO at Isle of Bain. That's all I know. <laughs> you have the same difficulties in your army, I see. One never knows where one goes. You are a long way from home, my friend. right -o. A bloody long way. <laughs> Halfway around the world, you know. And you have come to fight for France. I salute you, monsieur. Uh, it's been fun. We. Oui. And now it is over. And our young men lie dead under the stars out there. Uh, we lost a few, too. Our young men, monsieur. French, British, Australian, American. Not to mention a few German chappies. Quite. Eh bien, one cannot make the omelette without breaking the eggs. A bloody lot of good eggs, friend Gascoigne. Oui. I wish the blasted train would start. <laughs> it is always a mystery how they control these trains. Particularly when one wishes to go somewhere in a hurry. Oh, American chap out there looking for a price, I fancy. Uh, perhaps we could invite him in here if you do not mind. Why not? If it's all right with you. Oh, he's a comrade and there is little room on the train. Right, Joe. Oh, Yank. Yank there. This way, Yank. He comes? But me pink now. The blight is black. And an officer, too. So? I have heard that the Americans have two divisions of Negroes and... They have many officers who are, as the Americans say, colored also. But I have never seen one. You don't mind if I ask him in? My dear Ballantyne, why should one mind? Is he not a man, an ally, an officer? Do we dislike one another because I am French and you Australian? Uh, good chess. Uh, we've lots of blacks in our units. What the devil's the difference? What difference does it make what color the blighter's skin is? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, room here. Uh, do you mind awfully, Lieutenant? Uh, not much room anywhere else, old chess. Oh, come in, come in. We have room for one. Oh, thank you. I was afraid I was going to be left behind. My name is Ballantyne, Lieutenant Australian Light Officer. Uh, I'm Captain Melvin, 370th American Infantry. Delighted, Captain. And this is Captain... <laughs> I have to help the chap out, Captain. <laughs> I am Captain Esme Rochefort de Gascoigne of the French Artillery, Captain. Welcome. Gentlemen, uh, thank you. Oh, here. Yeah. Yeah, give me your musette. I'll shove it up in the rack. Oh, thank you, Lieutenant. Yeah. Feels good to get that thing off my shoulder. Uh, sit down, Captain Melvin. Yeah, thanks. Been standing around there all day long on one foot and then on the other waiting. Finally, when the train did pull in, I thought I was still going to stand there. 
good of you to take me in. We are delighted. Right, sir. You're an Australian, eh, Lieutenant? Right, sir. From Adelaide. I just think of that. Where are you from, Captain Melvin? Oh, I'm from Chicago. And you, Captain Gasquan? Uh, my home is in Bayonne, as one might infer from my name. Your name, Captain? Gasquan. Bayonne is in Gascony, you see. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> it's odd, ain't it? Here we are, three of us in one railway coach, bound for somewhere. And we've come from all over the world to meet on Christmas night in France. Uh, we don't even know where we're going, do you? Well, I haven't the slightest idea. Leave her, that's all I know. Uh, well, may as well have a spot of Christmas cheer, eh? A bottle of rather good wine in my musette. And so far, not to be outdone in this matter, mes amis, I also have a bottle of Lacrime Christi. Tears of Christ. A very precious wine in these days, mes amis. I do not remember how I came by it, but suffice it to say, I have it. Ah, we are about to start, huh? <laughs> Despite the fact that most of them all want to get out of the town and go somewhere. Hmm. The last Christmas, I was down in Texas. In Logan. Yeah. I was in the hospital at Marseille. And I, mes amis, had dinner with a German general. A German general? Uh, captured on Christmas Eve. Oh, oh, oh yes. Gentlemen, will you drink with me? Uh, with pleasure, we. Oui, if you will drink with me. And with me. Well then, to Christmas, eh? Yeah, the Christmas. The Christmas. You know, mind you, that's a bloody full of junk of all sorts. I was afraid I might have lost the bottle. Souvenirs, huh? Oh, yes. Silly toys and things that I picked up. Give them to some kid somewhere. Lord knows they have few enough. I have gifts, too, in my musette. There is no one left of my people to give them to, but... It is a sentiment. Sentiment for Christmas. Uh, suppose we all do that. Mine's packed with odds and ends. I didn't know if I'd ever get back to that outfit after this leave, so I got some souvenirs together. Now they drink, Miss Amy? Oh, not now, thanks, Captain. I'll wait a while. I think I shall, too. Quiet. Uh, this is a beautiful night, eh? Yeah, clear. You know, if the war was still on, I'd expect to hear someone shout, Lights out, jerry's up. Have a lot of bombs landed our laps. I hope we are done with that, monsieur. Amen. Yeah. No moon, though. Yeah. Well, look at them stars. Oh, see that one over there. You might imagine it to be the star of Bethlehem. Very bright, isn't it? We oui. Nearly 2,000 years ago. I wonder if that same star still shines upon the earth. If it does, we wouldn't know it. Not us. Fight wars and deny the name of the man that was born under it. Oh, uh, religious check? No. Oh, not at all, Lieutenant. Well, a long not, way from it. I'm not a religious chap either. Uh, but used to have some jolly times as a kid at Christmas time, though. Church things and all that. Candles, what not. We... One is not religious, save when one sees the star shining down on him. I wonder if that could be the star. And why not, my friend? 
Our Earth changes, but the everlasting stars change not. Yeah. Be funny if it is, wouldn't it? Yeah, won't we? We. Oui. But our journey is long, gentlemen. If you wish to sleep... You I... sleepy, Captain? <laughs> that little drink of wine has affected me, I fear. I cannot keep my eyes open. Yeah, I'm a little tired myself. Stand around all day in that station. There was no place to sit down. Well, uh, I can always sleep myself. I propose, then, that we do sleep for a little while, my friend. Uh, talking to sleep <laughs> made me sleepy. I'm all for it. Shall I turn down the lights? If you will, monsieur. Uh, pleasant dreams. Uh, Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you both, gentlemen. And to you, Lieutenant Valentine. Captain Cashcourt. Yonder star shall watch over us. Nispa? The star that shone on Bethlehem. Uh, good night. Are you asleep? I'm not. Nor I. Almost, though, I must say. I... I was thinking. It seems that I have met you both before. Somewhere. Hmm. That's really odd. Why, my friend? I was thinking the same thing. Uh, I was, too. But it couldn't be. One from France, one from Australia, one from America. We. Oui. It is so. Uh, good night, my friends. Good night. Good night. And Gaspar, we have journeyed far, and the sign that thou didst promise to us is not yet. Peace, Balthazar. We have not yet come to the end of our journey. Behold, Melchior crieth not out. Canst thou not study his patience to be like unto him? Yet thou art tired, Melchior. Aye, I am tired and weary. Yet must we go on. No man knoweth what the end of his far journeying shall bring him. Dost thou see, Balthazar? Thou must needs have faith. I have faith, friend Gaspar. Yet my burden upon my shoulder is cruel heavy, and I would fain rest. Have faith, O oh, Balthazar. Have faith, I conjure thee. Faith. I, I lead on, O oh, Gaspar. Whither thou goest, there will I follow thee. And also I, Gaspar. For I know that thou art inspired of God, that his hand doth lead thee. Yet not even I know what miracle he will do before our eyes. No matter. We will follow and thy road lead to death. Now, which road takest thou? That to the right hand or, or to the left? I know not. Wilt thou not call upon God, Gaspar? I Kneel down, brethren. O oh Lord, Father God, lead us, thy servants, 
in the way thou didst set out for us. For know, Lord Father God, that we are poor, and our eyes know not the right, and we would follow the way that thou wilt have us follow. Therefore we pray thee humbly, dear Father. A miracle. Miracle? What sayest thou, Balthazar? Behold, Gaspar, a sign from the Lord Father God. There is no sign. Behold, in the sky. A sign. A star that burneth brighter than all the stars of the heavens. O Lord God, we thank thee. The way is before us. We follow thy will. Behold, Gaspar, the star shineth upon the pathway to the left. Forward, forward, brethren. For the end of our far journeying is at hand. Certes, this is a sign from God. Behold, Gaspar, beyond the hill, the lights of a village. It is so. Now we are come to our destination indeed. Haste, friends, haste. Tellest thou what town is that, O Gaspar? Nay, I know not. Save that it be the end of our long journey. Oh, travelers! Have ye seen the star? Who calls? Who art thou? It is a shepherd. See the flocks of sheep beyond the road? Seest thou the star, travelers? Knowest thou its meaning? Aye, we have seen it, O shepherd. Yet we know not its meaning. Save that a miracle of the Lord, Father God, is nigh unto us. And the blackness of the sky, it sprang into blaze, travelers. Dost thou think it portends the end of earth? Nay, friend, not the end of earth. Say rather its beginning. What sayest thou? Behold, shepherd, the mantle of the Lord is upon him. He speaketh of miracles. Aye, and the miracle will come to pass. Haste, friends, haste, for this night we'll hear the voices of angels chanting and the sound of many great wings. Peace on earth, peace, goodwill to men. Glory, 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 glory to, God. to God in the highest. Verily, ye speak as men that understand the workings of the will of God. Say now, shepherd, how is yonder village named? Surely, if ye know what shall come to pass because of the star, how is it ye know not the name of the town? We have come from far land, shepherd. Aye, what matters it if we know not such trifles as the name of a little hidden village? When we know of a miracle to be wrought in the name of Almighty God. Aye, it is so. What miracle shall come to pass? It is hidden from our ken, O shepherd. Yet it shall come to pass. Fear not. Aye. And such a miracle as shall set all the world to singing praises. Lifting up their voices unto the heavens. Crying in a loud voice. Mighty. Mighty is the Lord God of hosts. Ye be not of Israel? Nay. I am from the land of the Greeks. And these my companions be also from far lands. Melchior from Ethiopia. Balthazar, a wise man of Egypt. A soothsayer unto the king. Ye have come far. Aye, so. Since many days our feet have trod the pathways of hidden unknown places. Yet always have we set our faces unto the east. Obeying the bidding of a voice unheard, the guidance of a hand unfelt. And ye go now into the town? Thou hast not told us its name, shepherd. Certes, all men know that yonder town is called the town of the house of bread, even Bethlehem. 
Know ye that I, even I, am of Bethlehem, where was born a thousand years agone, David, son of Jesse, that was king of Israel. Tis well. For now I speak with the tongue of the Lord, the wisdom he hath put into my mouth. Behold, yonder Bethlehem, whence came David, king of Israel. Now this night shall be born Bethlehem, that Messiah, that very Son of God, which the ancient prophets have foretold. And this is the miracle that shall come to pass, for he shall be born of a virgin immaculate, and his name shall be Jesus, called Christ. O thou Lord God, Father, I give thanks unto thee, that thou hast appointed me and my companions, that we shall be witnesses before all the world that the Son of God is born. Haste, my friends. We must on, for the miracle is at hand. The Spirit of God is upon him. Because of the tongue of the Lord. Haste. O holy man, may I not go with thee, seeing thou knowest not the village, and I with my brethren was born there. Aye, thou mayest come with us, but haste, friends, haste. Behold the star, how it seemeth to beckon us on. Lo, it cometh down from the heavens and standeth above the rooftops of the town. It is the doing of God. I praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Sling thy burthens from my shoulders, friends. Haste, haste. I marvel also that there should be lights abroad in the town. The hour is passing late, yet there is a light in every house. Perchance the men of Bethlehem rejoice that the Messiah is born. Nay, not so. For he is hidden from men, and they of Bethlehem know him not. Then what? The feast of Hanukkah is but lately over, my masters. The feast of the lights in memory of the Maccabee. And many remain. Also are there others in the town who have come to deal with the men of Herod, the Tetrarch of Galilee, even the tax collectors. And thus is the city full, even all the inns. Dost thou know where we shall find him, O Gaspar? Hath it been revealed unto thee? All in good time, my friend. We follow the star. Perchance he shall be born in a family of high repute. Aye, it is not fitting that the Son of God shall come from an humble home. The will of God shall be done. The child Jesus be born in the wide fields under the star, my friends. Haste. Behold, these be the walls of Bethlehem, O wise man. Yonder lieth the gate. Perchance the soldiers of the Tetrarch may refuse his admission into the city, Gaspar. Nay, they are gone away, Melchior. Ah, they all lie in the inns and public houses and corrals of the people of the town. Gaspar, art thou sure indeed that we shall find him in Bethlehem? Dost doubt the word of God, Balthazar? On, on. Now, whither do we go, O Lord Gaspar? Nay, me not, Lord Shepherd, for we are all humble men in the sight of God. Praise God. Praise, Praise God. God. Behold how the rays of the stars shine down upon a certain street. It is the way, friends. Follow. Lo, one comes, Gaspar. In haste. Aye, but so. Perchance he knoweth. Hold thou, men. Whither goest thou? Who art thou? Stand aside that I may pass. Who art thou? Know that I am citizen, even as thou art. Indeed, thou art a citizen and not a strolling player or hawker of false jewels. Oh, speakest thou thus to me, who am the great physician? Know, man, that I am Balthus, the leech, the learned, the clever, skilled in cupping and the art of the chirurgeon, the saver of lives, the bringer of babes into the world. Peace! 
That tongue clacketh like a bee. Seest thou art Kirurgeon, no man of Bethlehem? Aye, I am that. I am Balthus, wrestler with the angel of death. Sometime physician under great Antipater himself. I am... Hold, I pray thee. Hast thou attended woman this night that was brought of child? And how didst thou know that, stranger? Wilt thou say I or nay? Aye, I have done so. And look ye now. This night have I come upon a miracle, a very marvel, a prodigy of nature. Never before in all my time Wait, have I... cease thy tracking and speak, Leech. And who art thou thus to... Speak of the marvel that thou hast witnessed, man. Behold, not two hours have passed since one came post-haste, crying before my door. Oh, Balthus, oh, most noble surgeon, oh, savor of lives, come down and haste. And I, setting down the goblet of fat posset wherefrom I did drink... Flung open the window and looked down. To thy story leads, to thy story. Behold, crieth the man in the street. Behold, Balthus, a woman hath need of thee in the stable, nigh unto the inn of the two oxen. In the stable? Aye, in the stable. Now, I am a man of charity, and always ready to answer the call when sickness stalketh abroad. In the plague that came upon Bethlehem nine years ago... I thought always ready when thou dost smell the smell of gold, leech. Say on and quickly. If thou wilt but be still and let me... I spoke of a marvel. Say on, say on. I flung my cloak about me, and I came in haste, as ill becometh a man of my age and girth, and yet I am charitable, I say, and... Behold, in yonder stable was a woman couched in the straw of a manger, brought to bed of a child. Surely women have been brought to bed of a child in stables before, Corrigan. Aye, so. But mark me well now. This woman was a virgin. Nay. I swear it by the holy phylactery. By my father's beard, I swear it. Verily was a child born unto her, and she a virgin. <laughs> thou hast drunk too much of thy sack posset, neighbor. Thou a physician. I swear Hold. I... Thou said enough, Leech. Verily hast thou stood before a miracle this night. A miracle? In sooth, a very prodigy. Where lieth the woman thou didst attend? In yonder stable. The man did say that they had come from Nazareth in Galilee to give his testimony unto the tax collectors. And though they beseeched the innkeepers, yet would none of them give them room, saving only this one, who, having pity upon a woman with child, did say unto them that they might find bed amongst the kine in his stable, and did charge them not. May all the blessings of God be on this innkeeper, that he hath offered shelter this night unto the Son of God. Hey, what says? And on thee, physician, for that thou didst lend thy hand unto her, who is the very mother of him who shall be the savior of the world. Verily, I know not who thou art, old man, yet I perceive that thou hast the gift of prophecy. If I have served, then I am glad, for I took naught from them, and the babe did look upon me with a look that I shall ne'er forget. Though I live to be the last on the earth. Now I crave thy blessing. If thou dost speak sooth, I am most blessed among men. Verily shalt thou stand at the right hand of him who hath come to the earth, physician. Thine was the hand that first touched him. Verily art thou blessed. I thank thee for thy grace, friend. Go now inside the stable. I go to the temple. To render thanks unto God, for verily I believe thee. Now, my friends, tis the end of our long journey before us. Come with me, I pray, each of you. 
Come and fall down and worship the infant Jesus, Son of God, which will be called Christ. Praise unto praise, him. Praise unto the Son of God. I will not go in. I am not worthy. Nay, shepherd. There be none of us worthy to touch his hand. Yet there be none too humble to do him reverence. Come. Aye, come, shepherd. waneth a little. Shadows fall upon us. The star paleth before his glory. Nay. Nay, Gaspar. Behold. Behold in the sky a sign. A sign. Oh, Father, Lord God. A sign. The shape of a man crucified upon a cross. To, uh, oh, I say, uh, what's the matter? Uh, I was dreaming, I guess. Well, where, where are we? I, <laughs> it was a dream, but I saw you too. Uh, you saw us? It's hard to remember, but I... Did you, did you dream of three men, Melvin? I, yes. I... I did too. Gaspar? And Melchior? And Balthus? Gaspar? And Melvin? And Valentine. Good heavens! Look! Look at our shoes! All on us. What? Straw. Where did... Straw! From a stable. And that... That smell. What? Gentlemen... I have been in the East. I know what that smell is. It is myrrh and frankincense. Lights out. Especially written for radio, comes to you each Wednesday at the same time from our Chicago studios. This is the National Broadcasting Company. You have been listening to the Old Time Radio Hour, broadcast each week over the World Wide Web. You can subscribe at no charge through iTunes, Podbean, or RSS. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you can join us again next week for another hour of holiday entertainment from the golden age of radio. Until then, this is your host, Justine Ward, saying so long for a while. Mm-hmm.